Hello and welcome to Swapping Joysticks, your home of all things gaming, streaming, whatever you want. Um, I'm Ben, and I'm joined by Eurogamer's very own Ed Nightingale. Hello, Ed. Hello, Ed. Um, yeah, it's we're recording a little bit later than usual, but you won't know because it will go up at the same time. But um, we've been watching the Xbox Developers Direct. Is it Deve- called that? Developer Direct, yes. Yeah, Developer Direct. And um, yeah, so we're going to kind of go straight into that in a sec. But first, how are you, Ed? I said we're going to go straight into that and then introduce you. And then we're not. No, we're not. Yeah. Um, I'm all right. It's cold. I think I need to sneeze. And I'm very excited to watch Traitors after this. Yes, we have not watched the Traitors <laughs> live, so we could do this. But I also was a little bit postponed because I've been playing Death Stranding. But I'll talk about that a little bit later. Nerd. How dare. <laughs> You've been working till like half past nine today. That's a nerd thing to do. I wasn't. I finished work at like ten past nine. Yeah. So it wasn't that late. But yeah, I, I had to work the Xbox showcase. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Some of us, you know, you have to work in the evenings occasionally. Well, I mean, yeah, I thought you were going to say some of us have to work because I was about to say I've been out of wow. the house three times to work this week. And I've been sat right in this chair working all week as yeah. well. What's it like, like working on your ass? I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working on my ass for 36 years. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Can't you tell? No. Uh, <laughs> wow. More squat scorker. Go on. How very dare. Um, yeah, so we're watching, we've just watched the Xbox um, PlayStation Showcase and we're... The Xbox PlayStation Showcase. It's, they're all the same, Direct, isn't it? Is it Direct? Was it? Yeah, Direct. Developer what? Direct. Wasn't the Nintendo, that was Was that the first uh, Direct? Yes. So PlayStation, but this is a Developer Direct. Do they, do, did the PlayStation ever call it a Direct? No, they call it a State of Play. Oh, that's right. State of Gay. That should have been the name of our podcast. State of Gay? Yeah. The state of this game. The state of these gays on my screen. Get them off. Wow. Anyway, before we get cancelled, before we cancel ourselves, um, <laughs> what did you think overall out of 10? Just give me a score out of 10. Six. Uh, I'll be with you on that. Xbox really did say, we've got some games this year. <laughs> For you, once. Yeah, you might have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird because everyone's been talking about how there aren't any good games coming out this year. And Xbox has said, hey, look at all these games coming out. And everyone said, yeah, what I said. <laughs> yeah. Like, they so they had ones. one of these de- uh, developer directs this time last year. And I can't remember everything that they showed, but that was when they revealed Hi-Fi Rush. And it was, mm. here's a great game. It's brand new. You didn't know about it. Oh, and guess what? It's out now. Yeah. And I rushed to the Xbox to refresh Game Pass rapidly so I could download it. And it was one of the best games of the year. And was there anything here that you think might be a game of the year? No. Well, no. No, I, even <laughs> the flashy one that I... I no. mean, they look interesting to me. I mean, I, the ARA, History Untold, history untold I, that's my kind of thing. Um, although I've never played much Civilization. I just played it once for an entire day. I think I've told you this story many times, but I downloaded the game at like 9 a.m., uh, started playing it and then looked at my watch and it was 11 p.m. or it was like midnight and I was like, oh, oh, that was dangerous and I deleted it. <laughs> well, before <laughs> you get too far into ARA, just to say that basically the structure of this is that they said beforehand there will be four games shown with a secret fifth. Oh, so, they said there was a secret fifth. Yeah, they said there was a secret fifth. We'll get to that. Um, so we sort of knew already what was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um 
we had already, you can guess by the developer names, like what they're going to be. Yeah. So we sort of already knew. I will say I actually quite like the format of this of, again, like last year where they said, right, we're going to show you like four games in an hour or something, which means you actually get a good 15 minutes or so. I, was on each say, one. Yeah, we, I felt like I was, you know, I got my fill yeah. from those games. It's not just a, here's a sizzle reel of a load of like two minute trailers that's mainly CG. It's like, this is a, you know, a deep look at each one mm-hmm. and you really feel like, okay, I understand what this game is now and yeah. I get that. So I actually like this format. I just wish they did this like three times a year with more games. Yeah. <laughs> because if this is it for the year, as with last year, they had mm. this one, um, the developer direct, and then they had a Starfield direct a couple of mm. months later. And then that was basically it for the year. Well, so, what about June for E3? That was basically Starfield. There was oh, not okay. much else. Yeah. Well, um, actually, I think they'd know you're, you're right. Actually, they did show more, but yeah. it, I don't know. It, it, the, these five get things are nice, yeah. but it's not enough for a year. So it's a little taste and that's fine. Would you, um, out of those, are there any that you would not play? Ara. So why don't yeah. you talk about that? <laughs> Someone said I wasn't really paying too much attention. Neither was I, because uh, I was writing about the one before. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like it's an interesting... Ca- I mean, I, I don't really know because I was currently climbing a mountain at the time, but I was listening. Sure. And so it's pretty much Civilization, that kind of game. A but... historical grand strategy coming to PC. I, yeah, I've, I'm not sure whether I will be into that, but it seems just very much Civilization for, on Xbox. Um, yeah. I'm, I'll give it a go. But it's, yeah, they made... I feel like they were making a really strong case being like, hey, this is diverse. You can be whoever you want in like there are certain types yeah. of leaders you can be. Leaders is not leaders are not just about war and fighting others and taking over nations that way. There's you other can be ways. Peaceful. You can be peaceful. You can uh, yeah, you can, you know, show your success by spreading your culture rather than necessarily expanding your borders. Can I you feared. can you lead a sex cult? Uh no, I think that's Hellblade. No, I think it's Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, that's then I'll play that one instead. Indiana Jones and the yeah, Cult yeah. of Sex. Yes, I would totally play that. Yeah, so much was, whipping. As long as it was, is it uh, <laughs> who's who's a Harrison? No, not who's Harrison Ford. Who's, who's Harrison in, who's Ford? Indiana Jones. Is it um, Troy Baker? No, but in the movie, Harrison Ford. No, in the new one, Harrison Ford. I was thinking of Tom Holland, but that's the Uncharted game, isn't it? Uncharted Very film. different, but also the same. I would quite happily have them recast Indiana Jones with Tom Holland, which is pretty much what they that's did with Uncharted. Uncharted. Yeah. Just watch Uncharted. Uh, no, it's oh, too clothed in that. Who's Harrison Ford? He is Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones? <laughs> He's just playing his own self. Uh, oh, dear. Do you think they'll do anyway, any, Well, the, the new one was quite good, apparently. The new Indiana Jones? Yeah. It was dreadful, is what I heard. Oh, I heard it was all right. I don't know who you talk to. I've ne- do you know what? I'm going to admit something. I've never seen an Indiana Jones film. It's too much. What? Ooh. Okay, so this is when earlier I said, I mentioned the word indie, and you were like, what? That's not an indie game. And I was like, Indiana Jones. Indie. Did it get called indie in the yes, film? Yes, that's his okay. nickname for short. Why? Because Indy is short for Indiana. Is he from Indiana? No, I don't think so. Or maybe he is. Is Indiana his no, first name know. then? Is that actual? I, think, I, thought it was I don't like... know. He's just Dr. Jones or Indy for short. So Indiana I actually, might... do, I, I'm not up on my Indiana Jones lore. 
Like I've seen the films. Yeah. Because they're classics. What's his first you can't name? not. Bob. Michael. <sighs> Michael Jones. I don't want to answer this because I'm going to embarrass myself. <laughs> you well, are. I can't embarrass myself more than you have already. Well, I'm going to but... find out. Don't worry. Um, but shall we go into the first game that was announced? Okay, so the very first one that they showed was Avowed. Mm. Now, this is the next game from Obsidian. Mm-hmm. Um, and Obsidian made Pillars of Eternity, mm. which I think is the right series, that this is in the same universe as. Ah! What? I know his first name now. Oh. What do you think? It's probably not indie. It's not indie. It's a very... You know, I was joking, like, with Bob, Michael. It's something similar to that. John. Even No, even worse. Fred. Even worse, a similar level to Fred. Name of a Thomas the Tank Engine type character. Brian. No. It's getting closer. Henry. Oh. No, I did know that. Henry Walton. You're pretending you knew it now, aren't you? Anyway, so... No, that does ring a bell. Avowed. It's been a long time since I've seen the Indiana Jones films. Um, sorry to my colleague, Victoria, who is a huge fan, uh, who will hate me. Um, avowed, yes. This is Obsidian. So um, it's in the same universe as Pillars of Eternity. The last game they made was... Outer Worlds... Oh, As opposed yes. to the Outer Wilds. No, it's the Outer Worlds. Fuck. I knew I'd get that wrong. Yeah, because it's Outer Wilds. Yes, and then the, the Outer Worlds. The Indy doesn't have the. Okay, so cool. it's the two... Outer Worlds. Yes. Right, which was basically... Fallout in Space. Fallout. But it was good. Yeah, it was Fallout in Space. But it was good. It funny. was It was quite good. It was funny. Yeah. Um, this short is basically... Well. Skyrim. Yeah, it's like 20 hours. Mm. It's quite short. This is... I mean, it's Skyrim. Like, this is... Avowed is filling the gap between, or is filling the gap as we wait for the next Elder Scrolls game and Fable. Yeah. So it is a first person RPG in a fantasy world, a fantasy magical world. I will say I really like the visual style of it. It looks beautiful as well. It looks really good. It's really vibrant and colorful. And that's something they did really well in the Outer Worlds. Yes. Um, is that it has that that game is is kind of Fallout in space, but mm. if which is also what um, Starfield is basically, mm. but Starfield is grey and washed out and realistic, whereas the Outer Worlds is bright and colourful and funny. Yeah, and I feel like Avowed has a similar vibe of being very bright and colourful and vibrant, and I like that. It's not going for mm. the gritty realism of fantasy, which doesn't make sense. It's vibrant and colorful and i really like that um i think other than that it is skyrim with a bit of Baldur's gate thrown in mm. like i mean sorry we have it up on the screen that we're sort of semi watching as we go along just as a reminder but the the conversation system is looks like oh there's there's different lines of dialogue you can I choose they're gonna and... change the font it looked very much like placeholder font kind of yeah it's time new roman yeah um and it's very much, oh, you make decisions and and this steers the story and whatever. And you're like, okay, well, as soon as you do that, you're now going to be compared to Baldur's Gate. Mm. And I don't know if this is... Like, Obsidian are really good at making choice-based choice RPGs. Yeah. But I don't know if this can necessarily match the high bar that Baldur's Gate has now set. Um, and combat, I think, looks fucking awful. 
I mean, yeah, the like, first person sword For shaking. the love of God, developers, please stop making first person sword play games. They do not work. I do not want to be. I do not want to be wafting a sword around in space, hoping that I might vaguely hit mm. something. Like I'm not interested in that. Sea of Thieves was one where I was like, "This isn't for me." No, because you're just waving it and you're hoping it. You can't. Yeah. There's no depth of field, really. No, it's awful. Maybe yeah. in like a VR game, sure. Yeah, but otherwise, no. Now, what I do like in this is that they have combat-wise, you can customize and use different things. So there are melee weapons, there's guns, which is a bit weird in a fancy game, but apparently is out there. Um, and there's magic and you can mix and match. So the obvious thing is use ice magic to freeze them and then stab them to shatter it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there are, you know, you've got two hands, you can mix and match. I mean, that's basically Bioshock, but okay. Um, so yeah. that's fine, but I not, I'm not blown away by combat. So if it has a good story and if the world sort of building matches the vibrancy of the artwork and everything then i'm i'm down but i'm not blown away it just looks yeah. like a very standard western rpg i just hope that it's not ridiculously long and like i don't lose think people. it will be i hope it's like outer worlds because yeah the outer worlds is what 20 hours and you kind of you never stayed in one place too long to get bored of it um whereas yeah hopefully this will be the same they did show lots of like a quite a like diversity in areas. You're saying like it's really mm. vibrant, but one place could be really vibrant. The other is very red. The other place is very kind of colorful. There's another place that's like a desert. It's, yeah, there's a big like variety. I think it's been in development a few years now, but honestly, I don't think Xbox can afford for it to be a long game that is going to be in development for a long time. I mean, they've announced that it's coming out in autumn, mm. so it's not far off. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm not sure how long it's been in development, but I feel like, they they need a game quick and they need they need to fill that fancy gap. So I imagine they probably are happy with like a 20 hour, slightly shorter experience that isn't a massive sprawling RPG, but still gives you that vibe. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm I'm more than down. There are too many long games. Mm -hmm. I'm more than down for a quick short game. Yes. Yeah. Like a 20 hour RPG. Those there are not Dream. enough of those. I think Sea of Stars. So, mm, stars, if you yeah if you do everything is more like 36 35 36 i think i spent in it wow um chrono trigger classic mm. and like back in the day the mid 90s of of you know sprawling rpgs and all the really long fun fancy games and mm. they came in with chrono trigger that's like 15 to 20 hours oh. and it's a dream mm. absolute dream speaking of short games the next one senua's saga hellblade 2 yeah now we have a release shot they Even, did say it was short. I was like, thank you. Yes, I know. The first game, you've played the first game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, played yeah. on stream. Um, I loved it. I did. And, loved the, it and especially the documentary afterwards. I, was like, I liked it. I really loved it. Well, I really, really enjoyed it. But then I loved it after seeing the documentary and how clever everything it was that they'd done. I'm glad I didn't watch it before, but then it made me also want to play it again, kind of understanding it. But then mm. it didn't because it's really depressing. So Yeah, I've only played it once. Um... It is it is harrowing. Mm. If you haven't played Hellblade One, go out and play it now with headphones. It's brilliant, but yes, play it with headphones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, essentially, it is the story of Senua, who is a picked warrior, mm. uh, which is part of the Celt, the part of the Celts, and um, they were they were invaded and and battled a lot with the Vikings, and so she has to travel into Viking Hell to avenge her lover, basically. However, she suffers from psychosis 
And so she has these voices in her head mm. that sort of manifest in visuals and and visual puzzles and and this sort of constant voices and stuff that happens. And they they actually went with the first game and also with the sequel. They've spoken to a sort of psychology professor and people that have suffered from psychosis mm. to sort of get that authenticity. I think some people really praised it for its sort of depiction of mental health. Some people really didn't like it for that reason. Mm. So it has had a bit of a mixed response, I think. Um, I personally found it really interesting and I, I really liked mm. it. Um, but this is the sequel. And the first game came out on PlayStation and Xbox and later on the Switch as well um, and PC. And then Ninja Theory was bought after that by yeah. Microsoft, which is why this is now basically an Xbox exclusive, although it is coming to PC. Um, we now have a launch date for it, which mm -hmm. is the 21st of May, mm -hmm. which leaked yesterday. Um, and it was the right date. Uh, and it's coming to Game Pass day one, as I'm sure Avowed will as well. Oh, yeah. Um, they've said that it's 50 quid. Well, it's forty nine ninety nine dollars. I'm mm -hmm. presuming it'll be fifty quid in pounds as well. Yeah, that's like forty, and it's digital only, so it's on Game Pass. So if you've got Game Pass, you'll probably play it anyway. But if you want to buy it separately, it's fifty quid. And they've said that it is a short game in the same vein as the first one. So we're talking like six seven hours. Yeah, and I feel like fifty quid is quite a lot for six to seven hours of gameplay. Wow, we we going into this conversation? Well, maybe a touch, but at the same time. It's an experience. Like the well, the yeah, the experience is is going to be good, but in this development update, they showed a lot about the technology behind it. So, you know, all the motion capture that they're doing to make sure that it is utterly realistic, and they talked about binaural um, audio, binaural audio. Yes, that's the term, um, which it has in the first game. Hence, we said play it with headphones because mm. it's like the voices in you her can head, hear them whispering and different yeah. Places. And they, they come from all around you and you can hear it in the headphones. They've now expanded that. So the music, the sound effects, everything is all coming up from all around you. So this is absolutely a game to play with headphones. Um, so there's a lot of amazing technology going into it, but it is also quite short. It's but also... Technically, it's, it's the same... It's probably like the same price per minute if you're going for that as a, as a trip to the cinema. I mean, that's I mean probably, yeah. £10 for 90 minutes. This is six hours. That's forty pounds, which is how much the game's going to be. Well, the cinema's like twenty quid in London, so that's true. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, are, are you going to play it? A hundred percent. This is this is the game out of all of them I'm most excited about. Really? Because I loved the first game. I really, really loved the first game. Now I'm sl almost slightly less excited about it now. Just having seen more of it, it feels like it is essentially more of the same. Depression in a box. Which is fine. I'm down for I'm down for a bit of that. I don't know. Um, the story, I'm, I think part of my worry about it is that the first game was so singular and complete that I don't need more of that story. I didn't need a sequel. No, I didn't need a sequel either. But I feel like Microsoft have bought Ninja Theory and said, please make us more because it was good. <laughs> and I'm now a bit like, what more can you do? The story of this is essentially she's gone back to her own people in Iceland mm. who have been ravaged by Vikings but she has come to save her people. And so now she is like the savior, but she's still suffering from psychosis. And I don't know how that's going to work narratively. So I'm interested to see like how they can extend the story, but I'm slightly worried about that. Um, but I'm also, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I really, I really want to play it out of, out of the five here. That's the one that I am 
most excited for. Okay. Yeah, that's. I'll play it if. Oops, sorry, right. that's my tea on the mic. I will play it if I've got free time then, but I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm not going to put games down to play it. It's just, I enjoyed the first one. It was a cool experience, but it was incredibly depressing and just miserable. And I don't you need that. You love depressing things. You like Death Stranding. I don't like horror depressing. Death Stranding's like quiet and peaceful depressing. Until it rains. Oh, even then you just go and hide in a shelter. It's... Okay. No, I, d I don't know. I just, I'm not excited about this. If they said it was delayed a year, I'd be like, okay, fine. Like, it w I didn't. I mean, look, it's not like in my top five most wanted this year, but I will, of these, I'm, it's it's the game on Xbox that I'm most excited to play out of mm. these. And I will 100% play that day one. But if it's six hours, I'll like, cool, I'll just play it for an afternoon and be done with it. And then that's that. Yeah. Oh, th this will be a game I either, well, stream or make a let's play of. I'm definitely not just going to do that out my own enjoyment uh not gonna do it just to enjoy we'll see though i mean it might just be i don't know is it misery porn i think it's trying to be a bit more serious than that okay because i think it is trying to be authentic about mental health and psychosis which they did in the first one yes so we don't need another fine next one visions so, so the next one was essentially the fifth that was a secret and yeah, it's weird that they did it then. And yeah. then they left a space below, and I was like, oh, is there going to be a secret sixth one? No. But there wasn't. No, there no. wasn't. Um, so, yeah, they, they, we, we knew that there was going to be four games, and we'd sort of guessed what they were already. Um, and then they said there's a secret fifth, but they said it wouldn't be a shadow drop. And so suddenly the, the fifth come, comes up on the graphic of, of a box, mm -hmm. and it comes up with Square Enix. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Final Fantasy Remake is coming. Like, they're going to do it. You know, they're, they're, that or they're gonna no. no, or they're gonna announce like fourteen, like the release date for it or something. This is gonna be huge. And then well, they like said they the other day, and then they said, "Visions of Mana." Now, I'm actually intrigued to play this. Okay, but also they announced this. Square Enix announced this at the Game Awards. Yeah, so this is not new. <laughs> yeah, so I quite like the look of it. If you don't know what the Mana series is, basically, it began life as Final Fantasy Adventure. Which I think was a Game Boy game originally, which was a an action adventure RPG spin-off of Final Fantasy, it's Final Fantasy Adventure. And then that became Secret of Mana on the SNES, which is mm. very highly regarded as this action RPG amazing Square Enix thing. People love it. Yeah. I've played a bit of it on an emulator when I was a kid, but I've never played any of the Mana games in full. Mm -hmm. um, Secret of Mana was followed by Legend of Mana and then loads of other of Mana games. Um, all action adventures. It's not like a prime Square Enix series, but fine. Mm. Um, I think it was two years ago they released remakes of a couple of the older ones, um, which I guess did well enough that they've now decided to make a brand new game in the series. So this is the first new one in, in a long time. And it's called Visions of Mana. It's got this kind of anime style that is very in keeping with Secret of Mana with trees and fairies and magic. Um, anime style, action on, action RPG. I think it looks fun. But at the same time, this is, this is coming out on PlayStation as well. Um, so this is not an Xbox exclusive. And I don't know, it felt like a bit of a letdown because you see the word Square Enix yeah. and you're thinking, right, they're finally going to put Final Fantasy on Xbox. And then, it's, Tomb Raider. and then it's this. Oh, it's another good division. 
And then you're like, oh, okay. Mm. So it just felt a little deflating because it's not a, really a new announcement. It looks colourful. It looks to me a bit like Dragon Quest, but obviously not turn-based. Mm-hmm. It's more action uh, RPG. So it looks like it could be a bit more fun. Uh, again, it I don't know whether that's something that would interest me. It depends if it's, like I said, if, if that's like a 20-hour game, sure. Great, but I've got a feeling it won't be. What were the original ones like? Oh, no, they're, they're like up full RPG length okay, games, yeah. I think. Or like maybe slightly shorter, but they're, 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 they're decent length games as far as I'm aware. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it's just like Square Enix and Xbox don't work together a lot. Mm. And to go back to the Final Fantasy XIV fan fest um in las vegas phil spencer phil spencer's on stage like they get him in Mm -hmm. they announce that 14 is going to be on xbox they say that this is the beginning of a partnership that there's more to come so everyone is fully expecting um i mean seven remake sure but you know to put other i mean other final fantasies have been on xbox but not widely available i think 13 was yeah Um, 12 was 12 was on Game Pass for ages. Oh, okay, yeah, 12 yeah. is the best place you can... Xbox is the best place you can play 12 because it's 60 FPS. There you go. Um, so I think people are just expecting a bit more. And so for the first Xbox showcase direct thing mm. to have Square Enix in and its visions of mana, it's like, okay, they're obviously trying to... Square Enix are trying to push that, yeah. but they're not giving their best stuff away, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like. Sony gets that. They're not sending their best <laughs> games. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy that it exists. I, I will absolutely play that, but I will probably end up playing it on PlayStation, unless that comes to Game Pass, in yeah. which case I'll play it for free on Game Pass. But yeah. Another game I'm probably, probably going to skip. Yeah, I thought you might. Uh, next one, that, however, I mean, Arrow History Untold, that was the next one that was announced. We've already spoken about that. I'll give yep. it a go and I'll let you know what it's like. Please do. Um, and then... The last one. A little indie to finish with. A little indie called Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, which is the worst fucking name I've ever heard. That's what you call your... Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Where are you going with that, Ben? Well... Do not finish that sentence. Your glasses. Your mouth. Yes, my mouth is the Great Circle. All Um, the stuff that comes out. Yeah. Um, This is from Machine Games. Who? Um feel like they have done stuff that I am not aware of. Um, but they were also introduced by Todd Howard, so I think they're part of Bethesda. Yeah. And I will find out. This machine game, it? is... It's set between Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusader, mm. which will mean nothing to you. But Ooh. basically is the original trilogy. <gasps> oh, they did the Wolfenstein games. That's why it looked quite fast oh, in the first person. Yeah, like uh, Quake as well. So Wolfenstein, Quake, including the new Wolfenstein games, which are fantastic and have got amazing story, amazing kind of pace to them. Okay, now I'm looking forward to it. Okay, there you go. Well, I was before, but... So it's Indiana Jones. It is in first person, Mm. but they will pull out for certain third third person bits so that you can check out his ass. Is it Harrison Ford? It is a look... Well, the visually, it's Harrison Ford because... Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. Like it has Apparently. to, it has to look like him. But the voice is Troy Baker. They should just because use Troy of course, Baker. Of course, it's Troy Baker. Who else could it have possibly mm. been but generic white guy Troy Baker? He is. 
I mean, yes, but also he is a very, very good voice actor. I mean, he is, annoyingly. Yeah. But also he's in everything. Just give someone else a go. I mean, I'm playing Death Strand at the moment. He plays Higgs and yeah. he's fantastic in there. Um, he, I mean, he's also in Uncharted, which this basically is first person Uncharted on an Xbox. But he's like, to me, he's such a good voice actor because he's not, he voices everything. Yet I would not be able to say, oh, this is Troy Baker if I listen to him. It's not a voice that. He's like he's good at changing what he does and, and adapting the voice I mean, that to makes him a what good he voice actor. He's a very good voice actor, yeah. and that's the reason why he's probably getting all of this. But yeah, could have gone with someone else. But I mean, you just know it's going to be very good. And I think this game is going to be very, very good as well. I'm like now seeing that it's Wolfenstein. You need to play those two. Do I? You? They are brilliant. They yeah. are just. I want to see you. I want to watch you play them, and just like what the fuck is going on? Are they on Game Pass? Yes. If not, I've well, got them on should, PlayStation. They should be, because it's Bethesda. I've got them it? on PlayStation as well. Okay. Um, I bought them. But yeah, if you've never played Wolfenstein, New Colossus, and a New Order. I think New Order was first, and then New Colossus. Rings a bell. If anyone hasn't played it, it's um, it's set post-World War II, where the Nazis won. And, I mean, one of the enemies is Mecha Hitler. Great. <laughs> who Great. goes to the moon. It's like, it is the most batshit, wild story there's stuff in it that i don't want to say because it would spoil just the surprise but it is a roller coaster from start to finish and like i think the second one if i remember rightly set like in the u.s but like a typical kind of like you know white america picket fences and all that stuff but run by nazis um and it's is really really wild stuff and and very very entertaining and like i played that story at the end of it i was like i need another game and it's very rare that I get to an end of a game and go, I need more. Mm. Normally at the end, I'm like, oh, thank God, that's over. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, I just find, I don't know, maybe it's just my tension, but quite a lot of the time video games do slightly outlast. Outstay their welcome. That's the phrase. The last game that didn't, I felt for me was Dredge, but we'll probably talk about that in a minute. Um, I forgot I'd even played that, so thank you. Wow. Because, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even Dave the Diver, I was like, okay, now I'm ready to. And luckily it was a bit rushed near the end, but yeah, those Wolfenstein games didn't. And if it's, I mean, those both of those games you can do in, I think the main story is like five hours. Oh, perfect. So. Love a short game. If Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones is simple. Indiana Jones. Andy. <laughs> Yeah, Andy Jones. Andy Jones, as he's now known. <laughs> if he, if that's similar length or just slightly longer, but like maybe there's other side stuff, then sign me up. Yeah, you're gonna so, go. You're gonna play the Wolfenstein now. You know the five hours. Now one of the short, then sure I'll give them a go. Good. Um, so Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. I think it looks decent. Um, I think so. Yeah, it's it's kind of an Uncharted game in first person. Like there's there's puzzle solving which and exploring ruins and stuff which I'm down for. There's some some battles which are either punching or a bit of pistol play or um, a bit of pistol play. Why I just said pistol play like it's fucking Sex thing. S&M. Yeah. Um, Love a bit of pistol play. <laughs> Love some pistol play. It's like pistol play. Um, a bit like that, yeah. Um, <laughs> and some whip play as well. Um, yeah, whips and piss. Whips and pistols. Um, <laughs> So I'm I'm totally down for that. I think my that should have been what it's called, Indiana Jones and the pistol play. The, oh yeah, <laughs> and whips and pistols. Indiana Jones whips and pistol. Oh, it's always and the, isn't it? Yeah, it's always and the. And the pistol whips, pistol whip. That's the thing. Yeah, you go. <sighs> um, I think my concern about this is like, who is this for? In the sense of, 
me. If the, I'll this play was it. this was the last game. It's the one that got the most time. It's the one they seemingly therefore want to push. And I get that Indiana Jones is a big franchise, but I feel like it's a big franchise for people like sort of our age and up. Well, they released the latest film, but the last they released there was the latest one. I haven't seen. I can't remember the, the name of the one before that. I did see which was The Crystal Skull, which was one of the worst films I have ever seen in my life. Oh. Um, so the two most recent ones have been an attempt to like revitalize the film series <sighs> and I think have been pretty crap and not very well received. Did, did you know that there is a game, an Indiana Jones game? There's been a few, I think. And The Emperor's Tomb. Wasn't one like a point and click? Uh. Back in the 90s. Oh, this was 2003 oh. on Xbox, Windows, PS2. Yeah. Called, and it was uh, LucasArts. Yes, of course it's LucasArts. Mm, but yeah, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. Not Womb. The Emperor's Womb. Yeah, Empress's Womb. Um, what were we looking for? Yeah, Indiana Jones films. Yeah. I just, I don't think they've done very well. I don't think they have brought in like a, a new generation to Indiana Jones. Yeah, Lost Ark. And the Temple of something. Temple of Doom. Doom. And the Last Crusade. Yep. And the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's the one, which was awful. And then the latest one is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Featuring Mads Mikkelsen from uh, Death Stranding. Sure. And Antonio Banderas. Yeah. And Seanette Renee Wilson. And Phoebe Wallerbridge. And Harrison oh, yeah, I remember Ford, she apparently. Was yeah. So I just, I just, I question therefore, like, who is this for? Like, is this the next big IP for Microsoft and Xbox? Mm. Because I don't think anyone younger than like minimum our age really gives a shit about I, Indiana Jones. I think it could have a new, it could get a new audience. I think this could be big if it's a good game and it looks exciting and it's fun. I think and it it's going to be a good game that doesn't sell very well. Oh, I don't know. If they push it as their big thing. With and it's actually got a name like Starfield. They pushed, but it didn't have a name, a big name behind it. Other than if you're but in it has game. Bethesda behind it. Yeah, but who cares about Bethesda except for like nerds? Like the generic public don't care, don't have a clue what Bethesda is. They know what Indiana Jones is. The grandparents are going to be buying well, these games. Not secondhand from game though. Well, that's true. Um, I don't know. I I I just don't see this doing that well. I mean, they always. I say might be completely wrong, but I. I I can see it doing well. Okay. And I think I like the fact that I want to play it and it's a game about a film I don't I've never seen and it's I to I just switched around as soon as I saw who was making it. But Well there you go. I, I know generally when I was watching I was like, yeah, I could play this. This looks fun. It looks it looks like a fun game. Um and sometimes I mean, you that's, just want a game that's, that's Indiana fun. Jones. It's it's an adventure, it's swashbuckling, it's wisecracking, it's very silly. Mm. It's it's Uncharted. <laughs> and hopefully like Uncharted yeah. basically just married Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider. And now it's sort of circled back again that mm. that seems to have influenced this new Indiana Jones that is very similar. I mean, it is, it's Indiana Jones. And which... I hope it has a goofy storyline and, you, you know, you can follow it in the same way as Uncharted does. It's a bit... Yeah, for sure. You're fast-paced. It's just like a movie. And who knows? And it's goofy as it's, well. It's There's classic humor. 80s action. I'm down for that. De definitely down for that. Um, okay. Uh, people seem quite excited, it looks like, mm. for that. Right. Someone says they're expecting a Gears of War game. I think that's... 
I don't know. I think, I mean, thinking more generally, it's just, I think this is a bit of an odd year at the moment. For everybody. For gaming. I mean, everyone's getting laid off, which sucks. Um, so God knows who's actually making games anymore. Um, but like, this is the first big showcase of the year. I don't think it's made a huge splash. It's nice that there are some games coming and they look mm. decent and I will happily play them. But there's nothing that I'm wowed by. I think if you didn't own an Xbox, none of these games are going to make you go out and buy an Xbox to play them. Um, but then we still don't know. We know more about what Nintendo are doing, but that's all first half of the year. A lot of remakes or sort of... Do you of think we're going to get the second level Switch games. 2 announcement? Not, not for a while. I think we won't see anything about that until at least the summer. And then I think it will, if it's out this year, it'll be second half of the year. But then I, I think they might try and go for another Christmas without it. Maybe. What do you think they'll call it? God, don't ask me that. I think actually, I, I would before I was like, it'd be cool to call it the Super the Super Switch or the uh, Super Nintendo Switch. I'm. I think actually, for once, they should call it a Nintendo Switch Two, because it's very very clear that it's then the sequel to the Nintendo Switch. They're not. It's not an upgrade. It's not like a kind of a different version of it. It's literally the second one, the Switch Two. Yeah, that would I think... work. It's interesting because they've never done that before. And so I feel mm. like w I don't know if they would break that convention um, and do the number thing because th they've just never done that. Even like mm. iterations on Game Boy was Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Pocket. But I feel like they've always changed like the look of it quite greatly. So you know that it's a new console. Whereas if the Switch 2 comes out, I feel like it's going to look exactly, well, almost the same, which I 100% want. Mm. Um, so maybe they'd have to rather it be, hey, why, what's the difference between them? Like, oh, this yeah. is the two, this is a second. I think as well they they got burned with Wii U. Yes. With people not realising that that was a new console. Um, and I think they've hopefully learned from that. But what direction they take it from now, I don't know. Mm. I Give don't it the know. Switch 2. Because then I'd actually love that as well because then that would imply that they're just going to keep with that and keep improving on it each time. I'm fine with that. Same. I'm fine with that. But then, so yeah, we sort of know what they're doing, but who knows what Switch 2, what's going on with that. And then there's PlayStation, which apart from 7 Rebirth as their big exclusive, which is a third-party game, I've got no idea what Sony are doing. Give Absolutely none. Spider-Man DLC Carnage. Sure. That's what I want. And I wonder if they will do that. Mm. They sowed the seeds in... Uh... In the game. Do you mean Venom? No, Carnage. Do you? Carnage is the red one. Do you not play Marvel Snap? Yes, I, I mean, that's the only reason I recognise the name Carnage. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was Venom in the, the in the game. But yeah, Venom's in the game, but also that person becomes Carnage. The person that steals the thing at the end, he got red on him rather than black. I do not remember that. You don't? No. Well, you know, there was the train crash thing. I think it was a train crash at the end. I or the truck play crash. I games and forget about them two minutes later. Well, it was the very, very last thing that I did. That's what I remember. But he just, he did something and it was when you completed everything 100%. It's not really a spoiler, but this thing happens. Whereas, you know, the 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 Venom goo is all black. Mm -hmm. The stuff that this person had, it went red. Oh. And it was doing the same thing. And I was like, mm, that's... That's Carnage. Okay. Am I teaching you about uh, you are, Marvel? Vaguely, yeah. I literally know nothing about Carnage. I have no, don't know who it is or what. I just was like, oh, if that person turns red, then it looks like that card 
from Marvel Snap. So Great. I think that is... Thank you, Marvel Snap. And I think Bill Venom and Carnage, they do very, very similar things in Marvel Snap. And I think they're from the same universe within Marvel. I think they're from Spider-Man universe. I mean, I figured that out. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Anyway. Um, anyway, so anyway. who knows what Sony are doing. So it's an interesting year, basically, to see what's coming out. And this was the first big statement. And it was a bit meh, but it was fine. Oh, I'll go for it. I'll, yeah. I'm, I don't really want... I, I really want to play Indiana Jones now. Um, the other stuff I will play on Game Pass because it's there. I mean, I think they're all coming to Game Pass, so... Yeah. All right, well, should we go into what games we've been playing? Because we have... Yes, you you that, said you were going to do it for an new, hour. And we've I don't done know our news gonna... section uh, first. Yes. So what... Have, well, you finished Dredge. Yes, I have played and finished Dredge and had in both the last endings. week. And forgot I'd even played it. Wow. Um, I played it because you had played it and yeah. said it was really good. Yeah. So I wanted to give it a go. Um, I also had heard about it last year from people and just didn't get around to it. And also I played it on the Switch. Uh, Switch? No. Wow. On the Steam Deck OLED, mm. which I stole from you. And now I can finally so have it back. <laughs> it was an excuse for me to, to for me to test out the Steam Deck, which was very nice. Um, mm. Very nice screen. It plays really nicely. It looks gorgeous. Nice. Every time I looked over, I was like, oh yeah, that is the new Steam Deck. Yeah, it was very nice. I, I enjoy it as a little a little handheld console. Um, Dredge is a horror fishing game. And yeah, you, you are a fisherman in this world. And you have to go around and catch fish. But then there are weird things happening beneath the surface. Yeah, you were very brave. Like I, when it was dark... I only went out if I if there were certain fish that you could only get at night and I'd be quite conservative about it. I'd just go near to where I need to go and then run go straight back. But you were out all night sometimes, I weren't you? I wanted to see what happened. So there is a day-night cycle and there are different fish to collect in the day and at night. However, scary things happen at night mm. and you have a effectively like a sanity meter, um, which is this eye that slowly opens and the more you stay out at night, the more paranoid you get. And mm. then you start seeing visions. Um, and there are eyes that crop up and there's this horrible fog that covers everything. So you can't see where you're going and things come out at you. And then eventually, once you stay out long enough, like a kraken comes out of the water and starts killing you. Oh, I never got that. You never got that? No. Oh. See, I literally just stayed out at night I fishing. Like, so I was like, I want to see what happens. At one point I did stay out and a person in a um, boat like started chasing me and then i turned around and then all of a sudden i think this like whale came out and tried to attack me or something else came and attacked me but it was alongside this boat oh okay. did you ever get the boat i think i might have seen that and i think i, I was gonna say ran away rode away well i saw that uh, and sailed away sail, sail that's away, the word sail away, sail away. and um so yeah when that happened i was like oh i wonder if i can talk to him no no couldn't talk to him oh <laughs> he was very angry or oh, the, he was like i don't know if it was a boat atop a monster underneath that then oh maybe yeah yeah mm. so it's all kind of um i was gonna say lovecraftian but it's not what's what's the word uh eldritch eldritch that's the one it's like eldritch horror of horrors from the deep from the sea um and i the in terms of gameplay it's very simple it's mm. almost just a sort of simple narrative game of speaking to people then you go off and catch some fish and you have a little mini game to catch the fish yeah. 
Um, and then you deliver fish to people and that progresses the story in different ways because they want different items and different fish. Um, so gameplay-wise, it's very simple. I think it utterly thrives on its atmosphere and its mood mm. and it does that really 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 well especially it's, at the beginning like the beginning when you're just going between those two little yeah i was really and in it's love then. it's it's cold and foggy and washed out the style is this sort of washed out painterly kind of feel it's like you can practically smell the fish and like taste the salty air like you just you really get that sense of it that's it's like north sea fishing <laughs> yeah um that you get hull it smells like hull it smells fishy hull yes um and a fishy hull um so it's got a really good atmosphere and and the way that the horror stuff kind of is just just beneath the surface it's quite subtle mm. um and that kind of slowly builds up like i love that um so it's a horror game, but it's not like jump scares and scary. No, it's, it's like eerie. It's eerie. Very I mean, eerie. And I feel like you can just take it at your entire pace. Like if Absolutely. You don't, if you don't want it to be scary, you can make it as little as, you know. It just take go out at night. Yeah. I mean, there are some things you have to do at night, but you can equip your ship. You can kind of grind your ship to have all the lights on and everything. So it's yeah. less scary and you can zip away. But yeah. Yeah. So you, you take your time kind of doing whatever fishing you want to do and leveling up your boat and collecting things and selling treasure. And um, it's, yeah, it's quite a sort of relaxed game, but also eerie and a bit freaky. Um, I think for me, ultimately, I wanted a bit more horror. It wasn't I like, I'm not necessarily like a horror aficionado, but I wanted more of the horror. Um I think I like that it was a slow burn with that, that at the mm. beginning it's more just a little bit eerie because of the atmosphere. And then you start seeing more and more visions and more weird creatures come up from the deep. Um, and I like that that builds and builds, but it didn't quite reach a peak for me. Um, I sort mm. of wanted more. And when I finished it, I mean, like you said, there's two endings. I did the first ending. I was like, oh, was that it? Like it just didn't. Well, you did the. It didn't really hit me. I told you about the good ending. That you did the good ending first, but then you're like, nah. And then you did the no, bad ending. And I much preferred the bad ending. <laughs> um, weirdly, it was a bit more obvious. I feel like the bad ending. Yes, exactly. You have to work a bit more for the good ending, mm. and you have to work a bit for the story. You collect like messages in a bottle mm. that sort of essentially tell you the story, but it's quite subtle. Um, and I think I needed needed steering a bit more through the story myself because effectively there are four areas you go to and in each area you do a little thing and follow a little quest line mm. but they don't really amount to anything it's just like a little snapshot of a story but the four don't really link together to give you a sense of the overall overarching story mm. i mean there is but it wasn't enough for me so i just didn't feel like I'd achieved very much by the end. So I really enjoyed the journey. I really enjoyed the atmosphere. But the ending, I was a bit like, oh, okay, is that it? So I just, I felt a bit let down by the story side of it. Oh. Well, I'm sorry for recommending it to you. No, I'm glad you recommended it. I'm glad that I played it. Yes. Um, I'm really glad I played it. I, I genuinely think it's a really lovely little game. Um, I, I think I didn't know what to expect going into it. Which is maybe a good thing because then mm. you can be surprised. That's what I was the same. Because um, I played Dave the Diver, 
Yeah. And they were like, oh, there's a crossover happening in David. I think David Diver's going to have a Dredge crossover mm -hmm. in it. So I was like, okay, I've got to go and play both of them. And they played totally different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally different games. Mm. Both set in the sea, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I just, I thought it was maybe a bit more narrative driven. And mm. I also feel like because it was short, I thought, oh, I can race through this. So I purposely, yeah, I think it probably did because I purposely tried to just get through it. And I think it's a game that actually you need to just absorb yourself in and you need to read everything and mm. soak everything up. And, and I did read everything, but fairly quickly and maybe didn't make the links I should have done. So I think I maybe rushed it a touch, but um, I, I would thoroughly recommend it to people if you're interested in, in it. Definitely yeah. go play it. And it's not too expensive as well. It's a pretty cheap game. Yeah, yeah. All right, and yeah, you finished it. I finished it with the DLC in 10 hours. Were you the same, similar? Pro I haven't looked at the time, but oh. probably similar, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, for me, like when it comes to the only game that I've played kind of, and you haven't, because we're going to talk about Prince of Persia, which we both played mm -hmm. uh, briefly, but I've just been playing loads of Death Stranding and I'm very, very, very close to getting the platinum and I just love that game. It's just so relaxing. I often have other things going on at the same time when I'm doing it because I've finished the main story and I'm just kind of, it's a very grindy platinum because one of them is you have to get every single um, location. So if you don't know what Death Stranding is, it is a walking simulator pretty much, a delivery simulator. You've got to deliver cargo from to these various preppers or these uh, various stations um, around the world and as you level them up, you've got more chiral bandwidth to put things, lay things down like a zipline or... Chiral bandwidth. Yes. You can't just throw out random terminology like that. That's why I'm explaining. I know that's what Kojima does, but please explain it. Chiral bandwidth on the chiral network. You, can, because you understand obvious. the word bandwidth, so you understand that that's what it's about. So you get more bandwidth to create, to put down zip lines, or you can put down a bridge or various other things. But because it's a strand game, the first strand a game. A what game? A strand game. Because a it's a strand that? game, you some of the uh, structures that other people have put down might appear in your game. And so you can then use those. And it's, it's I don't know, the me, it's just a very peaceful game. And especially once you're, because it'll take you a while maybe to reach a prepper, who is which is the name of like these stations where people are hold and you can deliver and make deliveries and uh, request deliveries on start deliveries or finish them and so you can like spend a good while getting to a place but along the way you've dropped a few zip lines so the next time you go up there you can do it in 20 seconds instead of five minutes and just then once you've got like a real network of roads and zip lines you can do these you can make these orders really really quickly so there's one where it might be you need to make this timed delivery in four minutes 40 seconds and I'm like, if I walk there, it's about 30. But because I've laid down all these zip lines, it's, you know, I can do it in one and a half. So just being able to kind of whiz around and do make be really efficient with these while in a really stunning world is, uh, yeah, it was just very relaxing for me and like just slowly leveling each one up until they're all five stars. That was great. And I've just done the 56, I think it is, or 54 memory chips. Which I'd, wish I'd known what they looked like because I'd have actually picked them up when I went and did the game. Good one. But so yeah, I finished the game. I finished all of the leveling up and ended up being like, oh, I've only got six of these. 
Um, but I literally did them all this evening following a guide. And it pretty much took me from... Cheater. Not a cheater, but there's no way on earth I was going to... There was one I'm like, I would never have gone in this place. But then, in fact, two of them. But then one of them took me to a place that I'd never been to in the map. And it was a shrine. And I got up there and then a song started playing. Like, I did like the song. Mm, it's a really good. I did was, like the song. It's like, like one of their main songs. The volume. It's one of their main songs. So I was like, oh, wow, you hid that at this shrine in this place that it never tells you to go to. Um, unless you're looking for this memory stick. And uh, yeah, it's weird. It's def it's just, it's 100% Kojima. That, that game is all about, it's just his things that he likes, he puts it in the game. Like the collectibles, so these memory sticks that I've got, they unlock collectibles in the game uh, just to look at. And there's something like, there's Mars Attack stuff, I think. Or what was the one that we saw? Big Fish. Big Fish, that was it. Big Fish movie poster. There was a Kurosawa. Seven, Seven Samurai, which Seven is Samurai. Uh, Kurosawa. There's the God of War uh, 2006 soundtrack or something like that. It's basically just what does Kojima like? Let's mm. put it in the game. Yeah. And if you look at each one, it's like, oh, this was a fantastic game set in this blah, 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 what happened. And it's like, oh, it's just him writing down what he loved. And I like that. It's a very personal game. It is Kojima's game. It's Kojima let loose to do whatever the hell he wants with no reins. And, I'm and like, I think someone should rein him in a little bit. No. And I'm looking forward to Death Stranding 2, and I'm hoping that it's more of the same, and they've just let him go even more batshit in there. And I'm really intrigued to see what actors or actresses he uh, he involves, like mm. all of them, because there's going to be some weird people in there. I'm often facetious with this game because it I like just it. didn't... Oh. Well, it didn't really click with me, and I just enjoy taking the piss out of you for enjoying it. Um and I'm very happy that you like it. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm being mean. Um, horrible person. Horrible person. I think for me, it was it's just the story side of it. I don't think he's a good storyteller. And the story was a load of weird nonsense. And then here's a big story dump of more weird nonsense that makes no sense at the very end. Oh, it made sense um, to me. But I will. And I also think, like, this is the first Strand game in a new genre is just wanky bullshit. But I will say, watching you get the uh, the platinum and seeing the way that you've built up that network over the world of all these mm. zip lines and roads so you can get around quicker, I didn't do enough of that when I played it because I don't think the story in itself requires you to do too much of that. You can if you sp if you spend, uh, you can make it easier for you if you kind of do extra deliveries so like yeah you can just mainline the main story and kind of go from a to b and do that but if you're spending a bit of time doing some extra deliveries you can build up the bandwidth that you've got and then you can build the roads to make it easier and faster to go from yeah. you know to go around but and if I, you're just whizzing through the main story for like a review then it's going to be yeah it's not going to be as fun yeah and I think that idea of having a sort of shared world that everybody can contribute to mm. and connect with with each other, and you know, you can you can add infrastructure to meet each other and and communicate. I actually really like that as a concept. I think that's really fucking clever. Um, and I and and if that's a strand game, then so be it. I would mm. love to see that done um, elsewhere in other games. But I could happily take that end game meta stuff that you're doing now just as a game in itself without the bullshit story no that'd be quite boring oh well i thought it would be relaxing and peaceful 
Oh, no, as a reward after playing through the oh, incredible story. So you have story. to get through the bullshit before you get to you the You say bullshit. The piece. People enjoy it. Nincompoop, wonderful member of the community. He yeah. loved it, and he loved the story. I'm very happy that people like it. And there's, it was there not are for many me. people who do love it. And it actually, people shit on it like, oh, it's a bad game and stuff. It, it was pretty well received by critics. Like, it has a decent meta score. So, like, generally... mixed. What do you think it is? Well, you're going to tell me it's whatever now. Yeah. Equally, I think there were some that people that probably, hate, it's not probably for everybody. includes the director's cut. There were a lot of reviews when it came out that, that were like six, seven out of ten kind yeah. of level, which is not bad, but Death not Stranding. what you'd expect from Kojima. So Death Stranding. Uh, okay, do you look at the normal one and the director's cut? I mean, the director's cut's going to be higher. So the normal one got 83. Very good. Um, and the... Director's cut got eighty five, which is mighty. So I mean, it, even the original sure, got sure. But then look at the metal the 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 Metacritic scores of Metal Gear Solid one to four. We're not comparing it. We can compare it to freaking Kirby's Dreamland. It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> it's compare apples and oranges. No, it's I'm, not a Metal Gear game. No, it's not a Metal Gear game. It's a but Strand it's, game. If but Metal it's Gear... still a Kojima game. And Kojima has set a very, very high bar, for, high bar for himself with the Metal Gear games. Let's move on. Because people are... Because <sighs> you're going to get annoyed. <laughs> no. Metal Gear is nowhere near as good as Death Stranding. Now you can shut the fuck up. Actually, I, feel, I finished Metal Gear Solid 1. It's okay. It's just... Sorry, one to, Metal Gear 1 to 5. I said 1 to 4. There are 5. No, that's not. it's not 5. That's V. Oh, shut up. <laughs> now you're just being wanky. <laughs> I like, yeah... Kojima brings out the wankiness in me. It's rare. Anyway, so you're going to platinum that and then we never yeah, have to talk gonna, about it again. probably going to platinum it tonight and then I can go and start playing other games. But it's if that game was like kind of a always on game or something like that and it always had these things, I'd have to stop myself playing because it, it, it would be dangerously addictive. But it's just so addictive kind of collecting everything and... It is a real grindy platinum, but like once I've finished and once I've done it all, I think I'm going to be very kind of pleased and just be like, okay, now now I'm done. I can put that game to rest until I probably do a playthrough before the new one comes out, but that'll be it. On your own. On stream. On my own, probably. So Such a good song. And uh, song. yeah, BB's theme at the end. One oh, of the BB best. Can shut the fuck one up of the best scenes cry. in any video game at the end when you taking BB to the final place and the no. music kicks in. Very, you know, tears streaming. Anyway, uh, we've also been playing a game called Prince of Persia, the Sands of Crowns. The Lost Crown. There we go. There we go. Uh, which we did a little uh, video of last week, which mm -hmm. you can watch on YouTube. Um, so yeah, we had a little play there, but we then both individually started it. Again and done our own playthrough. Yeah, I think, I think you're similar. a little further ahead than me. A little, only if not, I think only a little bit. Right. So we've played sort of a similar. Have amount. you been in the sewers, the depths? No. Okay. Um, but I guess I'm about to. So thanks no. for the spoiler. No, you can just go in there wherever. You could go there right at the beginning. I if mean, you yes, to. I do remember seeing that and thought this isn't the way, and I went out. Yeah, um, you go in, and you're like, oh, even where I am now, I'm like, mm, this is a little bit tricky. Yeah. So this is made by Ubisoft Montpellier. Which is not in Canada, Ed. It's not in Canada. Well I knew that. Um, so it's the team that made the Rayman games and Beyond Good and Evil. 
So a very good team. A very good team. And they have made Prince of Persia into a Metroidvania. I love that when they, like when the game came out, pretty much all the comments I was seeing were, oh shit, it was, Mo- it was Montpellier. It was this, the ones that did Rayman. Yeah, of course it's going to be great. Yeah. And, it's an, and that's why the is. platforming feels good because mm. they've got, you know, heritage. Heritage? Her- yeah. They've, they did that in the past. Yeah. Um, so they know what they're doing. They've got form. They've got form. Um, so yeah, I think off that, it feels very good to play Prince of Persia. Mm-hmm. Like the the movement, the jumping, the combat, sliding around, parrying, all of that, I think they've done really, really well and mm-hmm. feels great. For me, I think there's a slight cheapness to it. Like when they've shown it, at when we went to EGX mm. or you played it at WASD as well, um, it was always on the Switch. And we're now playing it on PlayStation. To me, it feels like a Switch game in that graphically it's not showing off a lot. There are some very strange grass textures going on. There was like some weird animation that was meant to be the wind and it was like it was inflating and deflating. And I'm like, that's not what grass does in the wind. <laughs> um, and I think it's got this sort of comic booky style to it, which means that the there's lots of like static art and then sort of fairly basic animation for talking. Um, so I don't feel like it's not the it's not the lavish Assassin's Creed. It's not a triple A game. Yeah, it's not that kind of experience um, visually, at least. Um, but I think it really excels in other areas. Like I said, the feel of it is great. I think the game, the gameplay of it is is where it excels. Um, so far from what I've played, it's a pretty standard Metroidvania kind of fare where you gain different abilities and different weapons and it unlocks more of the map and off you can go. I th- I'm hoping and suspecting from what I've heard that that really builds and gets really complex and intricate and exciting I'm I've really heard that the bosses become. More... I heard that the bosses are incredible um, as the game goes on. Yeah, and, and you, it's not just ones that you. Oh, it's a red attack. I'm going to slide under it. Like they become. You have to learn the patterns of the bosses. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure we're going to hear you screaming in the living room. Oh, for sure, always. for sure. I'm interested to see what new powers he's going to get as well, mm-hmm. because as with other Prince of Persia games, there is a time theme, and so mm. essentially you are you are exploring this big palace on a mountain yeah but it's caught in some sort of weird time thing where time goes at different speeds for different people so the prince has been in there for five minutes but someone else is like i've been in here for 50 years yeah or you know time is is just doing weird things or it's stood still yeah so i think there's going to be more time powers and i'm hoping there are going to be puzzles around using time yeah that is where i think it's going to really excel and i'm excited Mm. to get to that point and i've heard that the bosses as the game goes on, you are required to use every single one of your skills like in the battle. Mm. Um, which, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing what powers there are. And wonder if they'll, yeah, use like the Sands of Time powers from the Sands of Time. Mm. And if you're, yeah, going to be using kind of not just time powers to solve puzzles, but also in combat. I'm yeah. intrigued to see how they could do that. But yeah, what did you think of um, the bow? Because we both got the bow now. Mm-hmm. I don't, Things I thought, because I was going to make kind of, because you can adjust the difficulty and like how you play it really well. 
I was going to make it a bit easier for me to kind of lock on to people, but I kept it as it was. And then I found it was really, really easy. Like the auto target is incredibly oh, the generous. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just like literally press a button and it just immediately aims straight at yeah. the enemies, what which find, I really like. What did you find of the combat then so far? Um, I like the combat a lot. The bow, I think, yeah, it, it locks on easily and it's cool. But if you hold it down, it becomes a chakram that mm. you can then throw and... And it will then come back to you like a bit like a boomerang. You didn't realize that until you saw well, I, Yeah. Well, no, I knew it came back to you. But what you can then do is parry it when mm. it comes back to smack it again. And it does even more damage. That's very cool. Very, uh, what's that one? Uh, sea of Stars? A little bit, yeah. Mm. A little bit of that. Um, the combat, yeah. There's, there's actually a lot of intricate combos in terms of like launching enemies in the air so that they can't hit you back. and Sliding. Um, sliding, parrying. Um, there's like a really long training bit that takes you through all the different combat moves. And there's a lot more to it when in reality, when I'm playing it properly, I'm just button mashing combat and hoping for the best. Yeah. But I recommend sliding and parrying at the right time. Do the, do the training quite early on. Cause I'm, I'm sure later on you don't need, or you'll need a lot more, um, currency to kind of level things up, but it's very, it's invaluable at the start. Some of that currency, like you did it, I think you got like 500 yeah, you there. get a lot of... They're like time crystals, I think, you collect as yeah. currency. And yeah, you get a lot of those for completing the training, yeah. which you can immediately then spend on leveling up your weapons or mm. buying new... Um, amulets. Amulets, uh, which is a nice way of sort of tweaking your build, which yeah. is cool. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff in it. Um, I think it's just... So far, it just feels a bit standard. Um, like, for me, the sort of peak of the genre is still... Obviously, the Metroid games, Metroid Dread, I really loved from mm. a couple of years ago. Um, Hollow Knight, obviously. I'll incredible try and game. get into Hollow Knight. Incredible game. And so there are so many good Metroidvanias that I think you have to do something really special to stand out. And so far, I really like it, but it hasn't quite reached that level. But I, I think we'll come back to it next week. Hopefully, I will have played more. Mm-hmm. I think it, it might get to that level. Um, judging by reviews and the high scores and things, I think it it could be something really special. Yeah, I've I was yeah. I mean, I'm talking a lot from what I've heard from the next lander people, which yeah, our rival podcast. Uh, Hi. Yeah, there were there were I think three of them and two of them had, were similar. Well, I think they were a bit further than where we are, and we're like, yeah, it's good. And then there's one guy who was in entering. I think was the final third. And was like that second third of the game, like yeah, just get ready for it. Okay, it's like it's souls like with having to learn the I mean, boss. Souls, yeah, he's like because he was being very hesitant about using souls like because it gets overused that phrase yeah, a lot. It but it's like souls like in the phrase in the way that you have to learn how the bosses move, but also then you have to use every single skill in your inventory, and it gets close. And he said for the first time his kid was watching him and cheering him on <laughs> instead of being like, eh, hope you lose. That's cute. Because <laughs> they were, yeah, it was apparently really exciting. And also, yeah, I, I like the style of it. I think it looks good. You say it's a bit like a Switch game. And yeah, maybe I think they obviously had to make a style that would work on all consoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, that, that's 100% it. But I believe someone said it's, I don't know if there's like 120 hertz. So like, I mean, it feels very smooth. It's yeah. incredibly smooth. Yeah, I haven't had any glitches yet at all, really. No. No. Um, but it just feels really, really smooth like butter. And I went and played it on, yeah, on, I don't know. We've got ability to stream at 120 FPS or Hertz or whatever it is on there. And I don't know if 
it automatically did that. But going from that to then playing some on the portal, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I think I'll stick to the main TV for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I, the portal is fine. You just need to potentially like turn it down, um, like the difficulty a bit, because your reactions are not going to be as good, I guess. Yeah. Unless you eventually get used to it. Like Death Stranding, I've been playing a lot on uh, my normal TV, and then I started doing some on the portal. And after about five minutes, I was like, oh, it, felt just completely natural like I was playing a, a native console but at the yeah, start yeah. You, you noticed the lag yeah um, and speaking of difficulty as well like if you're thinking oh this sounds interesting but it's too difficult for me there are so many difficulty and accessibility yeah. options um, you can tweak loads of different things in combat so mm-hmm. if you want the combat to be literally just overall easier or if you want say to the parry. parry timing to be easier or yeah. something like that you can get quite granular with it which I think is really good one of my other favorite things as well is that you can take screenshots and it will pin it to the map. So yeah. in a Metroidvania where you often get lost and you're like, oh, hang on, I need to use that item in this one place, but where was that? Yeah. When you get to that place the first time and say, oh, there's a big pit here that I can't jump over, yeah. take a screenshot. And you knew exactly where to go back. Exactly, and yeah. then you get that ability and you're like, oh, right, now I can go back yeah. to there and you can see the screenshot and say, right, I know where I'm going, which is so handy. Yes. Um, so and there that, are a lot of like quality of life type things as well. The only problem is with that is that it's then hard to put down because you know exactly where to go next. Like sometimes if I'm a little bit lost or I'm like, I come to an end, like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and figure out where I need to go next time. That's like a good time for me to stop playing. But like, yeah, I was playing that and going like, oh no, I can jump across there. And I want to know exactly right now what it's like if yeah. I can jump across there. So it's very addictive. It is. And uh, yeah, it's a really good game. And it's, um, yeah, we've just played it on the PS5. It is not available on steam deck because it is epic games i believe ah okay um yes and it's not coming it's not on steam at all which is very disappointing mm. but yeah if you want to play it handheld you can play it on the switch which apparently the con like it runs really well actually uh we played well i played it at wazd oh was it october last year i think it was october last year i yes. played it a little bit and i was like oh this looks pretty grim um like you know kind of mortal Kombat one style yeah. Like didn't look good whatsoever. Um, but I was playing on like a docked mode, so and that was obviously a few months before, so I guess they've tweaked it a bit, but maybe yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, people don't seem to have any issue with it on Switch. Did you know as well, this is the first Prince of Persia game where they actually speak Persian? I was going to say something similar. Oh. Um it the music is made by a person uh I don't say Persian because Persian Persia doesn't exist anymore. But it like the, from the area of where Persia was, um, and she is making it like really authentic music, not like the typical kind of Arabian Nights that kind of la yeah. that stuff. You know the yeah the stuff that you you know you hear in every like bazaar in a video game that you go yes, around. Yes, that's very cliche. Yeah, it's very like the music is very authentic and. Yeah, true to that area, not necessarily what the West depicts. Yeah, and yeah, um, there is a um, there's a piece on Games Industry Biz mm-hmm. where they have interviewed um, the sort of localization company, I guess, um, who were involved in this, and and um, it is yeah, it's done in Persian for the first time, so it's all mm-hmm. like authentic language, um, which is great, and and. Like the characters as well, the voice acting, it all feels very We know somebody and cool. Do we? Oh yes, we do. We know somebody in uh that well, we know the voice of Menelias. 
uh, Shy. Yeah. Who uh, we're going to see in a few weeks. Oh, very soon, actually, isn't it? Are we? Yeah, the pub quiz. Oh, yes. One, two, three weeks. Because he's also in Final Fantasy 16. Yes, he plays a very... And he's in Liza P. Yes. As Vanini. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, like, it it feels like a very authentic... He's also in... Um, experience for a for a Persian game. This isn't like a, you know, cheesy Arabian Nights thing. Like, yeah. they've actually done the research to make sure that the visuals and the sound and everything feels authentic, which is really cool. He's also in Assassin's Creed Mirage. And... Is it Mirage? The 20-hour one? Mm-hmm. And... He apparently speaks the last line of the game, oh. but in, I want to say, I don't want to get them mixed up. It's either Arabic or Hebrew, which I know are very different, especially wow. current times. But yeah, uh, in, in not in English. Okay. Which again, authenticity in games just makes them so much more immersive and more kind of enjoyable. Absolutely. Mm. Well, let's <sighs> finish off. With what people are home playing. Exactly. And then we can watch the traitors. We can. Um, oh, I need to scroll back again. Hang on. So, uh, yeah. Next week. I'm trying to think if we've got anything uh, new coming out. Or anything coming up. Um, yes. Next week will be a normal podcast. But the one after, I believe, will be a special one. Ooh. Where we are going to be interviewing... Should we say who? No. Well, we'll need to at some point because we'll ask them for we'll questions. Next yeah. Next week, tune in. We'll tell you which two famous voice actors we're going to be interviewing. Ooh. Nice. It's not Troy Baker. <laughs> unlucky for you. Yeah. You it's are a similar type. height. Yeah, exactly. It's probably unlucky for you. Well, I've met him before. And? Shook his hand. And? It was very nice. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to say? No. Did you find is he an attractive man? Of course he is. Look at him. Okay. It's gone high pitch now. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a fancy man. Right. Well, in some pictures he is, and some he's not. He was in per- same mood. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> right. What have people been playing? We're going to start off with Galinska Doodle, and I'm going to say that I'm I'm proud of my impact here. Oh, God. Glinsky says, I finished my replay of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Just as good second time through, and as someone who has played the original five or six times, I'm excited and intrigued as to what direction Rebirth is going to take, with yesterday's new trailer just adding to the hype. Yes, there was a new trailer this week. I didn't see it because I'm not, I'm avoiding trailers now. Of course you are. There wasn't, there wasn't too much that was new, to be honest. Was it Sephiroth in Fire? Yes, which we've kind of already seen anyway, so fine. Um, the, The only new thing really new thing was a blog that went with it where they explained a bit more about how Kate Sith or Ketchy, mm. however you want to pronounce it, um how he fights in battle. Um because in the original he rides on top of a Moogle and always is on top of the Moogle. And in this he fights separately and then calls in the Moogle to help. Mm. Uh which I thought was quite interesting. Um and also there is a new captain character they've introduced who captains the ship that takes you from Junon to Costa del Sol. Brilliant. But apart from that, there wasn't too much that's brand new. Mm. I'm sure there will be soon. Um, then started and finished the Intermission DLC. 
Um, I've always liked Yuffie as a character, but she's previously been fairly fluffy and inconsequential. I'm guessing partly due to her being an optional character in the original. Agreed. The ending of Intermission is the first time I've actually felt for her. Whilst the gameplay was much the same as Remake for the most of it, Yuffie's ninja flavor to combat the Fort Condor minigame and seeing how the story weaved into Remake makes this a very worthwhile DLC. Um, I'm going to skip the little spoilery bit there. Um, following this, I got 10 minutes into my first ever playthrough of Elden Ring, but Final Fantasy VII refused to release its grip on my mind. So I bought Crisis Core and I'm now playing through that for the first time too as I never had a PSP. Very different combat style. I think it's quite similar in some ways. Um, in some ways. And it's weird playing on the side of Shinra, but I'm enjoying the bite-sized mission style of the game so far, plus experiencing some of the background that I've only read about. Yeah. Crisis Core does have its own little intricacies for sure. Um, like there's the weird roulette thing and yeah. stuff like that. But I think they tweaked a lot of it to make it smoother and more in line with Remake. Mm. And it's like mission-based, you say? Yeah, so... Is it similar to Armored Core? Um, well, so there Armored is like Core. a quest line that you follow, but you kind of go off and do missions. But then there is the mission mode where it gives you these like Shinra missions to go and do stuff. And, and... I didn't even know you are playing as Shinra. So you're playing as Zack. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's in Shinra. He is a soldier. I didn't know. I think, yeah, I saw him at the end of Remake. Okay. That was it. You need to finish the original. I really should do. really do that. And then we've got Dan Law, who very similarly says, with Ed's replay of Remake sating my need to play that again, uh, I've jumped into Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion to give it its full title, currently on Chapter 5. Love getting to know the lore of Seven's world and characters more in the run-up to Rebirth. Yes, I'm. this is what I'm doing as well. You're very inspirational here. Clearly. Combat is really fun. Can't get over that special moves, summons and leveling up, up all, are all up to chance though. Told myself I wouldn't get sidetracked, but I keep doing missions. Would love it if it automatically rolled onto the next mission in a set when doing so, because having to constantly navigate the menu is tedious. That is very true. And there's like 200 missions or something okay. stupid. There's a lot. Um, and my tip to anyone who was playing it, I might have said this previously on streams. Um, if you want to do all the missions, oh yeah, do that before you finish the main game. Because when you finish the main game, it then restarts and it negates all your progress. And you have to do all the missions again, yeah. which is what I found. Because I did most of them, but not all. And now I have to do them all again if I want to go back to it. Is the platinum easy? Other than that, I think so. But they take a long time to get through. Okay. Uh, personally, I'm not a massive fan of Zack's voice in the game. I don't know if it's deliberate to show he's young and naive, but it just seems out of place when put next to the others. I think that is absolutely the case. Zack is very young, naive, puppy dog kind of vibes. Slightly annoying. I need to play it. Sounds like my type. Yep. Jackie B says, I've been spending my free time lately doing jigsaw puzzles on jigsawpuzzles.io while watching speedruns on awesome games done quick. It's been super chill. Well, you know, my recommendation for a good jigsaw game is what? I don't know. Uh, I've forgotten the name of it. Oh, Illustrated. I'm sure you've uh, seen it before. But yeah, Illustrated. Go play Illustrated. That is... Is that a mobile game? It is a mobile game. And uh, yeah, it's... But it's like the jigsaws have kind of... Well, the one I was playing had two sides to it, like a light and a dark side, and it made it 3D a bit. But it's still really, really simple. It's not... Um, it sounds complicated, but no. It's just very much... Let me show Ed one of them. Yeah, so like this was... I'll show you on the cam on the screen. Building uh, building the story, setting up puzzle pieces. I thought I've oh it says hundred percent completed. Um but yeah, that's oh, 
it shows absolutely nothing. It shows nothing other it's just because I've, it is now art well because done. I've completed it. But it's very pretty. It's very. And pretty you should nice. definitely play um, illustrated. I might play some tonight. Tonight actually, it's very relaxing. There you go. And the music as well is beautiful. Hmm. Um, speaking of awesome games done quick, did you see that there is a dog that completed his speedrun? Yes. What were they playing? A dog called Peanut Butter, and he got a PB. Actually, he didn't get a PB. Um. <laughs> A personal best. A personal best. Um, he was playing like a really old NES personal game. Personal best boy. Yes. Yeah. He was playing a really old NES game and it was like his um, owner was sort of putting cheese on the right button so that he pressed the buttons and stuff. Oh. It was, it. there's clips of it on Twitch. It is the most adorable thing. <laughs> so go watch that. Oh. Uh, Clue says, I mentioned this in Swajo before, which I now love that you're calling it Swajo. Swajo. Instead of swapping joysticks. Mm. I love that. But I'm back fishing in Moonglow Bay. It's a very chill fishing game where you, as a retiree, tuss around on a small fishing boat, catching things around the bay, making meals out of your catches, and then building up the small town of Moonglow Bay. Now, Best of all, the soundtrack is by the composer we all love, Lena Rain. The music is just so heartfelt and so hmm. idyllic. I did not know that she did the is soundtrack. Is this Clues? Yes. Clues, if you also fancy that, but with a little bit of horror and terror. Mm. <laughs> Check out Dredge. Check out Dredge. I'm guessing you're not going for with that vibe, but that sounds Probably quite not. nice. Moon, Moon Glow Island was it? Moon Glow Bay. Moon Glow Bay. Yeah, have a look at that. Also, Lena Rain, we love. Yes, I've interviewed her. She's lovely. Have you? It was on email. Okay, but I got very you nice emailed answers. her. I got very nice answers. Huh. Um, so yes, and then twenty pounds. Ooh. Actually, that looks. Yeah, that looks very pretty. It's a bay. It's that actually looks. Oh, this is going to be dangerous. If I, if I scroll down and this is Steam Deck verified. It will be, I'm sure. No. Oh. It's playable. Some text, manual configuration. It's also mixed reviews. Oh. Um, right. So 69%. Nice. Nice. Uh, so far, it's decent. I must give it a negative review. Sorry, I'm just like, yeah. Clues are saying how great it is. And I'm like, well, apparently the controls are awful on PC. There's a few visual bugs. Um, that some dialogue is bad. Um, yeah. And a lot of people wanted to like it. I think the controls, they say, are really bad. Um, Interesting. But that's with the mouse and keyboard, so maybe with the controller it's actually really good. Maybe it is. And then last up, Mr. Weeblay. Oh, yes. Um, I played some more Dungeons 4. Each scenario is similar enough to not be frustrating and different enough with some really cringeworthy but good in a way dialogue. The game continues where Dungeons 3... Fi I didn't even know Dungeons was a series. No. Um, the game continues where Dungeons 3 finished. With just a handful of good people alive in the overworld. The goal is to okay, here we go. The goal is to build a dungeon, hire orcs, demons, or undead, upgrade all the things, and wipe out whatever good is left in the overworld. I'm thoroughly enjoying it, even though I'm now on a scenario where I had to reload due to my dungeon heart being destroyed by the enemy. I oh, and then another game. I started Spirit of the North, which is a beautifully crafted exploration puzzle game that purely uses environmental storytelling. I'm not quite sure what the story is about just yet. But it's clear something bad has happened, and I'm uncovering more of this as I progress. Can recommend it's on Game Pass and not a particularly long game either. Spirit of the North. I, th I feel like it's like set in snow. Mm. I have no idea. I feel, like like my, I, I feel uh, like I've seen something about that. It's my my nickname. Spirit of the North. Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, is it spirit as in like alcohol? Is it set in? Uh... No, it's oh. it's a fox. Spirits of the. Oh, okay, yeah, the fox, yeah. It's I've the fox that. game in the snow. Spirits of the North. Whiskey. 
what we love up there. Sure. Anyway, that was the end of Swapping Joysticks. Swajo. Swajo. Um, go to SwappingJoysticks.com or just type in Swapping Joysticks in your favorite podcast. Uh, well, wherever you get your podcasts uh, and you'll find us. Where can we find you, Ed? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights on Twitch and on Twitter. And how often do you stream? Once a week on a Monday. Excellent. And I'm Biggest Benis. Find me Biggest Benis everywhere. Um, on Sunday, well, I stream on either Fridays or Saturdays and Sundays, and potentially on Tuesdays. Depends. Uh, that's a maybe sometimes. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, next, I'm going to be playing on... I don't know if I'm streaming tomorrow. Am I streaming tomorrow? I have no idea if I'm, I'm not streaming sure tomorrow. If it's tomorrow or Saturday. I haven't decided yet. Great. Uh, but I do fancy some kind of something chilled. But also, I'm kind of in the mood for Among Us, and I think that's because of the traitors. Yeah. So I will make sure that there's some warning if I do play Among Us so that everyone can join. But yeah, that game, that TV show is brilliant. So is Among Us. Oh, yes. Yeah. So until... Well, let's go find out what happened on yeah. the traitors. Let's go find <laughs> out if Paul's gone yet. Oh, dear. All right, then. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.